I know it's so tempting to just put the microscope on your yeah yeah and just go let's fix them let's fix them they're the problem over here but you know what it's a family problem it's a family systems problem it's not your kids problem it's everybody's it's not really even a problem it's just a journey everybody's on a journey hey there i'm ani michalski wellness coach therapist and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos this podcast is for moms who desperately need a break but refuse to take one you know who you are you have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else you don't leave any time for you what's up with that well no more Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. If you're a super busy, stressed out mom looking to minimize self-doubts, challenge unrealistic expectations, and confront negative self-talk, all while increasing your self-confidence, then you already know that you have to stop feeling inadequate and fully believe in yourself. That's where the Quiet Your Inner Mean Girl program can help. In just eight weeks, you can transform your inner critic to become your biggest cheerleader. You will learn proven methods to stop negative self-talk, break the cycle of negative thinking, and shift your self-beliefs to ones that serve you. Start treating yourself with kindness and compassion and grow your self-esteem and confidence by enrolling in the Quiet Your Inner Mean Girl program today. You can find the link in the show notes of today's episode. We have here today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Beth Cyberson. Welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you so much, Ani. I'm glad to be here. So Beth is a self-described workaholic mom whose life came crashing down three years ago when she found out her 15-year-old son was addicted to drugs. They had both been on a journey of recovery from various addictions, and at first she was trying to be a supermom, fixing him, but soon realized that in order to best help him, she had to first work on her own issues, which when she did, she was able to strengthen not only their relationship, but also herself. With her son, Beth created the Safe Home Podcast, as well as other services to help other families with struggling teens. Today, Beth and I will be discussing the importance of helping yourself so that you can be better prepared to help your family. Yes. So Beth, why don't we just get right into it and share us a bit more about your journey and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, so my son is, he's now 18, but we adopted him as an infant and everything was going along perfectly until until he really hit puberty. So I was just patting myself on the back. What a great mom I am. I have all the check marks checked and I was doing all the right things. And then puberty hit, there was some bullying at school and um, some other stuff and he just sort of fell apart. You know, it, when you reach adolescence, you're working on identity issues and his adoption and uh, I'm white and he's Asian and he went to a very white school. So there were a lot of things that, that kind of came together and he, he kind of fell apart around, we think around 13, 14, he started using substances. And then at 15 is when uh, he tried to kill himself. And then um, we found out how much substances he was using because we had no idea. 
So is he that day, son, Beth? Is he your only? Okay. The only child. Uh huh. Yeah. So I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing, and so I went into super mom mode. That's kind of where I always was anyway. But bar, I was like. <laughs> I will fix you. I will find all of the correct doctors, therapists, and coaches, and weird, uh, out of the ordinary healers, and whatever. I was digging in, finding everything I could to fix this child. And it took me about a year of that before I completely lost myself in the process. And then I was no longer able to help anybody, but you know what? My son didn't want to get fixed. No one wants to be fixed. That doesn't feel very good. So I kind of switch gears. I, I, so now I'm in the place where I'm supportive of him. I maintain as positive a relationship as I can with him, but mostly I'm working on myself and that just changed everything. So what helped you recognize that? Like what helped you recognize that it was you that you needed to focus on rather than trying to fix him? Yeah, a couple of things. We hired a life coach. My wife and I were struggling. Our marriage was hurting from, you know, just all the focus on Joey, 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 our son. And so we got a life coach for the two of us and she was amazing. I loved what she did for us. I've done so much therapy, which I think everybody should also do, but life coaching is um, a different beast altogether. And it just totally clicked uh, what we needed. And she said, you guys got to work on, you got to work on yourselves and getting yourselves into a peaceful place because if you're crazy and anxious and you know, going crazy, that's not helping Joey at all. That's making his anxiety worse if we're not pulled together. So we worked really hard to pull ourselves together. Um, There was also a book that really helped called Beyond Addiction that really helped kind of reframe what my role was as mom of an addicted child. And it is not to fix his addiction. That is not my job because the only person who can fix this addiction is him and it will be on his own timeline his own journey however that is going to happen I still don't know he's still struggling and so I just work on the things that I can change on my own the things that I can affect so tell us a little bit more about that like what is your job as a mom like when he is struggling when our kids are struggling be it with an addiction or with any of their problems you know Kids are going to have problems. Yeah. Our job as a mom, what have you found is your best way to be able to support him? Well, I, I like to think of it as compassionate boundaries. I've learned how to create compassionate boundaries and the boundaries are there to protect me, not him. I can't really affect him. He's now he's 18. I really can't affect him. He's an adult. (laughs) Um, But even when he's 15, 16, you, you can no longer pick up your child and put them where you want them to go. And they stay there. They they're going to do what they want to do for the most part you can um and so the boundaries are there to protect my sanity and my safety in some cases so i put up boundaries Uh, eventually my wife and i uh, made it so he's no longer allowed to live here that's a pretty big boundary Mm -hmm. but it didn't start like that it started like you know here's what i'm willing to do here's how i can help you no i'm never going to give you money no i'm never going to um you know, do things that will enable you to continue using substances, but here's what I am willing to do. Here's the rehab I can send you to. Here's, um, 
the doctor, here's uh, money for therapist. I'll pay him directly. I will not hand him cash ever. You know, so I, I created kind of a, a formula or a structure for what, what I'm willing to do and the rest of it, he'll have to figure out on his own. You know, I am willing to give him all the resources he possibly could need to recover for healing. I, I will take care of all of that. But otherwise, nope, I'm not going to fill your gas tank when you made a wild road trip with your friends. Nope. Right. I'm not saying so it sounds like a lot of saying no. A lot of no. A lot of no. Was that hard for you? Was that? I hate saying no. I hate disappointing him. I hate him being mad at me and hanging up on me. And oh, it's pulling on the heartstrings. It is, and you just you know the the gas asking for gas money in the middle of the night. He and his friends took a a rickety old van. Uh, I live in Southern California. They drove up to Oregon on their way. They ran out of gas, and he's like four in the morning mom we're out of gas like well i'm sure you'll figure out a way my love because you are very resourceful so uh, he didn't like that and so he hung up but um he you know what he found a way he Mm -hmm. found someone else that was willing to give him the money and he went on his way and he did okay but boy hanging up that phone you just go what if what if what if what if 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 i keep giving him money if I keep supporting this kind of chaos and drama it, it'll just keep going oh, he sure won't in. yeah yeah so it, it's pretty tough saying no though I am I really kind of a people pleaser by nature I kind of grew up that way like okay everybody everybody around me needs to be happy yes <laughs> I didn't know about myself. I know that's what your whole podcast is about. Like I never considered my own happiness, but I wanted everyone else to be happy, but that's no longer my goal at all. Right. So it's been a big wake up call for you to be able to change some of your behaviors. And Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with moms without capes, women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is. And we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. And it's made me so much healthier. And now our relationship is so much healthier. My wife and I are doing much better. So it's helped all around, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. You, you know, I needed a lot of support. My life coach, I do a lot of reading, a lot of kind of spiritual growth and, and things like that. And it, it's been definitely a journey. I'm not done with it yet. I'm totally not perfect. so what tools have you found that have helped you able to stay grounded when all of all that's been happening with your son yeah well one okay I'm trying to think of when I hung up the phone when I wouldn't pay for him to get more gas in this rickety old van and I left him in the middle of god knows where in four in the morning I just have learned to let it go let go of the outcome and that that's a buddhist kind of frame of mind I've I really like Buddhism I'm not like a like a certified Buddhist not that there's such a thing but but I draw a lot of from Buddhism and Thich Nhat Hanh and and reading some things like that and letting go of the outcome 
because you know what? I could sit there worrying all night about, oh my gosh, he's going to die. He's going to get kidnapped. He's going to get robbed. He's going to get, I don't know what, broken down and he'll struggle and suffer. Or I could think, you know, this might work. I don't know. Maybe this will be the thing that will wake him up and make him not want to be in so much chaos anymore. But either way, I'm living in the present, or sorry, either way, I'm living in the future. Right. And I never know how that's going to go. I, it never goes the way I think it's going to go. I can catastrophize all I want and think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It never does those things I'm worried about. It does other stuff that I didn't even think about, you know, right. but it doesn't do me any good to live in that future world that I have no anxiety. Idea. It fuels the anxiety. Yeah. So I've been really working on my own anxiety and just breathing. I do breathing. I breathe in for two and out for four. Okay. And that really helps. It tells your body you are safe. You are calm. Cause if you're running from a bear, you wouldn't be able to do this. Right. So right. you force yourself to breathe in for two nice slow breaths and out for four beats. And then in for two and out for four, that longer exhale, whatever the numbers are, the numbers are the longer exhale really helps calm my nervous system. And I knew that I had learned this lesson good enough for right now, because I was able to go back to sleep that night at four in the morning, right. hung up the phone, like, God, this sucks. But letting it go, letting go of the outcome, Joey made this choice to go on this trip. It's his still to figure out. I am fine here. I am safe. And I went back to sleep. Right. And so, allowed you to, to wake up being your best self so that you can continue to support him. Right. Because if I stay up all night, right. Anxious, right. Really it's no good. Angry. Yeah. Angry. You know, I get like, oh, yeah. So it's taking care of myself in, 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 so if I'm codependent, okay, take care of myself so that I can take care of him. If I still want to focus on him, do it that other way, you know, right. okay, I'm taking care of him by taking care of myself. Right. Okay. So what are some of the, I don't want to talk about your regrets, but now that you are like past a certain point and you're able to look back and you reflect on Mm -hmm. that, what are some things that you wish that you would have done differently or that you could perhaps help other listeners who may be dealing with, with, you know, what their kids might be dealing with some problems? Yes. I love trying to get some of this information out because I was so oblivious and didn't know anything. Um, a couple of things I really, really was clueless about kids are vaping in school. They're vaping everywhere. I know that in the restrooms, like right in the, in the, my kids have told me that every bathroom is full of vaping. My son vaped in class. His first use of cannabis was in science class and they, they get away with it because the vaping doesn't make a a smoke or a smell, or it smells like candy or whatever, raspberries or whatever. God, it's terrible. And so it's everywhere and the kids are doing it all over the place. Another thing I didn't realize was the kids could smoke or, or could vape cannabis and psychedelics. And, you know, they can vape a lot of stuff. It's not just nicotine. Mm-hmm. And um, so that I was just really uninformed about. I also didn't know kids were using cough medicine anything with dm in it like robitussin dm that dm is a really dangerous chemical that is a dissociative and what my son is doing or has done several times many times is taking like a whole box of robitussin pills or um uh, corsetin 
a whole box and landed in the hospital practically comatose from it because it, it it just it just blows them out of reality for a and long time. That's something that we, I mean, we could probably open up our medicine cabinet, our own medicine cabinet at home and find that there. Yeah. I always tell people if your kid is like 10 or up, take all of your over-the-counter medicines and all of the medicines you had from surgeries and all your opiates you didn't even realize you had, lock that stuff up. It's no good. Your kids are going to get into it. Their friends are going to find it. Lock it up. We put ours in a locked briefcase, but people put them in a safe or somewhere lock them away it's not worth it our kids dig through all sorts of stuff to find all sorts of weird stuff they drink peroxide and they drink hand sanitizer they they just like want if they're the kids that are looking for substances to take away whatever pain or whatever they will go find anything so whatever parents can do to minimize that kind of stuff in their house i i really recommend that because he almost died a couple of times taking a whole box of course eating right yeah. And I, I, another thing I really didn't realize was he, before the suicide attempt, he was really sullen and kind of stayed in his room a lot. Wouldn't talk to me very much, was kind of sleeping in the car all the time. Now I know it was because he was using a lot of cannabis and was just like gone most of the right. time, you know, but I just thought that was teenager. I thought that was adolescence. And I should have, I wish I would have dug a little bit deeper instead of just going, oh, I guess this is what teenagers do. You know, he wasn't doing very well in sports. He he used to be a star athlete and his performance was kind of going down. His grades are kind of, and I don't know if I would have, I don't know what would have happened if I would have dug a little deeper. He might've gotten defensive and it wouldn't have got me anywhere anyway, right. but there were some signs that I definitely missed. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So hindsight's always 2020. Yeah, you're right, right, right. right? And that's where that, you know, when you've been doing so much work on yourself, being able to be compassionate towards yourself. That's right. Yourself and say. Exactly. Because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Something that's not already in your head somehow. And so that's why we're trying, Joey, it was Joey's idea to make this podcast of helping other families. So in the first several episodes, he talks about the cough medicine, the cannabis, the vaping, the nicotine, all the stuff that he was into. And you learning as that podcast was was yeah, unfolding. Like, holy sh- what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although now it's a little hard to get me shocked, but there were a few things like, what? You did what? And yeah, but he's super honest and just telling people what is out there right now, what your kids are doing that you don't know. And um, so those were the first several episodes. Then he relapsed and has been out for a while, but he did a couple of episodes about relapsing, which is super important. If your kid is addicted to something or if you are or anybody, relapse is extremely common and just kind of part of the process, part of the journey. So having compassion around that. And, um, but he, he has a huge heart for helping other people and helping other parents and kids avoid the struggles that we've been through. Mm. That's what we're trying to do. What advice do you have for moms who maybe may have kids that are struggling with addiction? (sighs) If they haven't already started, get themselves a therapist or a life coach or a healer of some sort, however they want to get get the job done and work on themselves. I know it's so tempting to just put the microscope on your, yeah, 
yeah and just go let's fix them let's fix them they're the problem over here but you know what it's a family problem it's a family systems problem it's not your kids problem it's everybody's it's not really even a problem it's just a journey everybody's on a journey everybody's trying to figure it out and each person is autonomous especially when our kids get you know into their later teens they are definitely their own person you have very little control over what they do so what you do have control over is yourself so digging into our own as parents our own hang-ups from our own childhood that never got resolved <laughs> that are getting triggered our own addictions holy cow i am a workaholic i used to be a super duper sugarholic um i i now i'm a wordleaholic i found <laughs> wordle they only let you do once a day that is not <laughs> portal there's four at a time and it lets you do them over and over you know so I just keep grabbing other things and it, it helps me to realize you know what I'm doing the same exact thing as my kid mm -hmm. although substances are a little more dangerous but it's it comes from that same desire mm -hmm. yeah. to come out of whatever is uncomfortable mm -hmm. so working on yourself will give you more empathy and more compassion for your kid and it also helped you as a parent get through this really tough time right right and when you're taking care of yourself you are your best you know you're you're at least working towards being your best version and that's right better able to handle everything yeah. and then your kid will go oh look mom's working on herself right you're an example you're an example exactly. you you show them that you know what People work on themselves for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're done. You're never done cooking. You know, you just continue to work and you take the time and the energy and work on yourself forever. And, and that it took off the pressure off of him. Like he's not the only one that mm -hmm. is working on things. We're all working and all of us, my wife's also doing her own thing and we're all, we're all works very progress. We're all works of progress. Exactly. <laughs> very much so. Hey mom, short on time but feeling like you're at the end of your rope or that your bucket is nearing empty? Grab this list of 15 self-care practices that you can do in under 15 minutes. These ideas will get you quickly back on track and are great for moms who are limited on time. I think that's most of us. So check out the show notes or go to momswithoutcapes.com backslash self-care-ideas to download your list today. So I imagine that in the past few years with your own journey, like through your own progress, that you have started leaning on certain self-care practices that you do, that you've incorporated into your daily routines. Can you share with us one or two that are your go-to ways to recharge and feel your best? Okay, my favorite one, and I don't ever see this on, you know, the lists that people do because it's kind of unusual. I take drumming lessons. Okay. And I love it. <laughs> Is that it. new? Is that something that you've just gotten into? It was new after Joey fell apart at 15. I wanted to connect with him, his Japanese-ness. He's, mm -hmm. he's, and I wanted to, I actually was hoping he would do it with me, but I went and found Japanese taiko. Uh, class oh, have you ever seen those where they have the big drums with the, your arms yes, yeah, it's very yeah. acrobatic and oh so so i found uh, <laughs> <Sounds> exhausting <laughs> it is exhausting it's just it, the way you just sort of 
for those listening on the podcast, you can't see, but Beth was like swinging her arms high with those drum, imaginary drumsticks. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very physical. It's very physical. It's like dance and drumming both together. So uh, Joey, he thinks it's a mom thing to do. So he was like, no mom, you do it. I don't want to do it, but so it's okay. So I went and did it and okay, does several things. The exercise is amazing. I actually have to exercise every single day to bring my heart rate up for my own mental health. Sure. But so this is once a week I do this major exercise. It so it makes me feel strong, gives me energy and hitting hitting things when you're extremely frustrated and anxious and angry, hitting things is really good. Hitting <laughs> things that are okay to be hit, right? Drumming is extremely cathartic cuz you know, sometimes I will picture somebody's face in the middle of the drum and it's so much better than, you know, I would never go hit anyone in person, but it just releases a lot of that energy. Like, hmm, that doctor. Like by the popularity of like rage rooms. No, exactly. Yeah. It's the same concept. It's a, a healthy way to get out that mm. frustration, the anger, the anxiety. And so, and another thing is at this class where no one knew me at all, um, they had no idea I had a kid that was struggling. I was no one to them. They didn't know anything. So I could just be Beth. And whew, that was kind of refreshing because everywhere else I go, they're like, how's Joey? Which is right. lovely. And I'm happy to always tell people I, it's kind of always on top of my mind anyway. But how nice to have people that have no idea who you are. And so I was just like a blank slate. I'm like, I'm just Beth. I don't, you know, I didn't even have a kid to them. They had no idea. So they didn't so, know any of your background. Right. So a lot of really, really good things. So I go, it's once a week. We have a big concert coming up. I'm so excited. And I go, even if I'm exhausted, even if Joey's falling apart, I say, Joey, you're going to have to manage yourself for an hour and a half because I have to go to my drum lesson and mm -hmm. I have to do this. You know how important it is to me. So he's like, okay, mom, call me right back when you're done. <laughs> I mean, it's that important That's to great. me. That is great. Yeah. You protect it. You yeah. protect that space. Yeah. It's very important to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what book can you recommend to our listeners? I would love to um, recommend that book, Beyond Addiction. Okay. And let me get the full title. I had it right here. Beyond Addiction, How Science and Kindness Help People Change. Okay. And it is a kind of a new way of looking at addiction. It's not like a disease model or it's not just a choice that people make. It's um, kind of a coping mechanism people use to deal with whatever they found. Oh, it really works. If you eat a gallon of ice cream, it helps you forget your problems, right? Until afterwards, then you feel horrible and then it kind of cycle. But it's um, bringing compassion and that positive relationship. That's totally, that book was instrumental in teaching me that. So I really love that book. All right, awesome. Where can listeners find you, Beth? Well, our podcast is called Safe Home Podcast, and they can find that anywhere on all the podcast apps. It's also on YouTube. And um, we have a website called safehomefamilies.com. All right. And all of that information is going to be found in the show notes of today's episode. So yeah. definitely check that out and go over and listen to Beth's podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. You have shared so much of your wisdom and we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for share, for letting me share. We really, really want to help people. So I hope this helps maybe one or two people in, or more and um, really appreciate the opportunity to help share our story. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. 
I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.